The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, it's the early afternoon, early eve, early evening, that's the word, edition of Birdland Tonight. And I'm here all by myself uh, because I think the Orioles are wearing on some people. And I think tonight's, today's game is a great example of that. So we're going to break down the game. The Orioles lost, as you probably know, checking this out, four to five over the Rays. We had some good Austin play. We had some frustrating outfield play. And that's what I want to talk about today. Remember, Support Birdland tonight by sharing the videos over on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. Like all those channels at Birdland Sports. Also, going over to Birdland tonight and click the little link for BT Gear, as in Birdland Tonight Gear, uh, because we have it on sale today. If you're checking this out for the next 24 hours, T-shirts are on sale for 13 bucks. Look at that. I can even pull it up on the Birdland Tonight video and show you some of these sweet t-shirts as you get ready for your championship or you got the nice classic Birdland tonight logos they're all on sale for 13 bucks oh for another eight one day and eight hours so what's that 32 hours that they will be on sale so make sure you go check those out go on over to Birdland tonight and click on the gear button for that all right so let's talk about this game because clearly Tampa Bay is a better game, team than us. We all know that going into this game, we know that going into this series, that the Rays are a better team. But we also know that, we, uh, that the Orioles can score runs. And I think that was kind of part of the story today was that they have better pitching than us. And we know that. So let's talk first about some of the pitching performance. Um. So Lopez started the game. He went four and two-thirds of an inning. Struggled in the fifth inning. But besides that, he really didn't look bad. I think it was, it was a high pitch count in the first inning, uh, maybe like 20-some. And then he kind of settled down, and it was not that bad. So I can't really be too upset with the way uh, Lopez pitched today. Again, it would have been nice to get through that fifth inning. It would have been nice to to stop him and have him give more runs, uh, less runs. But I don't know. I'm not putting this loss on Lopez. And we'll get to that. And I see uh, Bleacher Birds has already jumped in the comment with who he's pinning the, the uh, loss on. And I'm kind of in agreement. So I'm going to get to that. But 
let's stick with the pitching. After that, Tanner Scott came in with, let's just say, his best performance of the season. I mean, every time he's come in, I think it's now six or seven appearances without giving up a run. But let's just talk about today. One inning, walked one guy, three strikeouts. That's what you want from this guy. He, his whole role is to go in there and throw the ball hard and throw the ball past people. He got three strikeouts tonight in one inning. That's outstanding. Hunter Harvey came in and had a great performance as well. He went one and a third. Now that third is he came in through one pitch and we picked the guy off to get out of the inning. Then he came out and pitched another inning, which is great. He walked one guy, no strikeouts from Hunter Harvey, but again, no runs as well. And uh, Lakins came in, gave up one hit, gave one walk, got a strikeout, was a little scary there for the moment, a moment, but got out of the inning and then Tate closed out. The, I guess he didn't get out of the inning. Tate came in and closed out the inning. But great performance from our bullpen to come in, taking over in the fifth and to get out of the game without giving up any runs. All right. <clears throat> now, let's talk about, I mean, we can talk about their pitching. It's Rich Hill. Rich Hill has pitched for everyone. We all know Rich Hill. We're very familiar with, with Rich Hill. The problem is Rich Hill's a good pitcher. He's pitched for everyone. He's been in the league forever because he's a good pitcher. So he went four and two-thirds, gave up four runs, all on one hit, which we'll get to. Uh, and then their bullpen came in and did great. Their bullpen, Thomas, McHugh, Fairbanks, Castillo, they all came in, and they all um, didn't give up any runs. So I think McHugh is the guy who really shut us down as he pitched two innings and got five strikeouts. That's just demoralizing, especially when you're down one and you only need a few hits and you're just striking out like that. All right, so for the Orioles, it started out ugly. Uh, in the first, we immediately gave up a run. Or I guess it was two runs in that, that first. Um, fell behind. Uh, then let's talk about the fifth because that's where things got interesting. That's when Austin wins the guy who, come on, we 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 wanted Austin wins to come up here for the Orioles, not because he was on fire in the minors. We wanted Austin wins because our catchers suck; they're bad. Because we can't, we've got catchers that are not able to block the ball. Severino's not having a great performance offensively; he can't block the ball. Chance Cisco did nothing. For the team, Austin Wins came out, and until tonight, today, he's really done nothing for this team. But today, I got to give Austin Wins credit. Great game from Austin Wins. I we saw him block some balls from Tanner Scott that I know Severino would have let go to the backstop. So it was nice to see that. And then the fifth inning is where he went up to the plate and got his first career uh, grand slam with Mountcastle, Galvez, and Valleca all on the on the base paths. So that brought us in the game. There's your Austin. Austin wins great behind the plate. Um, I think Austin wins is our first catcher this year that helps out the pitchers behind the plate rather than hurts the pitchers behind the plate, which I think is saying something. I'm not saying he's great. I'm not saying he's good. Today he was very good. I'm saying he is better than Severino. He is better than Chan Cisco. Um, the problem is, Jesus is behind him. The problem is Adley Rushman's behind him. And who knows when we're going to see Adley. I think the uh, Orioles are clearly playing it really slow with Adley. So let's just adjust to Austin wins. 
And what I want from a catcher is like, I don't care about offense from a catcher. The grand slam was awesome. It was great. I don't want the catcher to, to hit the ball. I want the catcher to protect the plate, to catch the ball, to help with pitch framing. The catcher's role for a young team like this is to support the pitcher. And Austin Wins is doing a better job than Pedro Severino and uh, Francisco this season. Um, maybe. You're, AJ's in the chat saying Austin Wins is almost as good as Caleb Joseph and nothing more. I'm going to say he's below Caleb Joseph for now, and I guess that's what the almost means. Um, Caleb Joseph had some pop, and you would get that offense from Caleb once in a while. I mean, Caleb Joseph played well enough to prove that he deserved to be on this team. No one else has done it. They just happen to be in, in a position where we need a catcher. Um, all right, but let's talk about the other Austin on this team. Austin Hayes, who played an outstanding defense, made a great play out in the outfield that kept us in this game. Cedric Mullins continues to play well in the outfield, keeping us in the game. Um, but there's a, big, there's a big elephant out in our outfield. And it's, it's Ryan Mountcastle. And I love Ryan Mountcastle. I'm very happy with Ryan Mountcastle at the plate this year. I'm very happy with Ryan Mountcastle at first base this year. Mountcastle is disappointing in the outfield. And as uh, Bleacher Bird says on the chat earlier, Ryan Mountcastle isn't an outfielder. And that's true. He's not. Trey Mancini is not an outfielder either. Chris Davis is not an outfielder. We tend to put people who are not outfielders in the outfield. It burned us today. It burned us on that play. All right. Um, where... The ball was hit in front of all, uh, in front of Ryan Mountcastle. If it was in front of Cedric Mullins, if it was in front of Austin Hayes, if it was in front of Anthony Santander, they might have been able to make a play on that. It looked like Ryan Mountcastle, for one, was late to jump on the ball. And then when he got there, it bounced over his head because he charged it too much instead of playing for the bounce. Thankfully, we've got Cedric Mullins, who hustles constantly, and was out there to back it up and get the ball in before it was too much damage. But it was enough damage to lose the game. Ryan Mountcastle should not be in this outfield. And that, that brings up the conversation of how do you fit Mountcastle and Mancini on this team? And it's got to be first base and DH. I get that he wanted that. I understand what Hyde was doing. He was saying, Santander, we want to give him a, a little rest. Uh, re- hasn't been too far uh, from the IL. Don't want to go too hard on him. Give him a break on the turf. But you can't put Ryan Mountcastle on there, especially especially in games like this where you want a, your pitchers, you need your pitchers, need all the defense they can get. You can't get Ryan Mountcastle out here. If, if, if Santander played the outfield and Ryan Mountcastle was the DH today, the Orioles would have won today. I think it's as simple as that. We could have had a 4-3 score, maybe, instead of a 4-5. or five. Uh, I should double-check that uh, and that play to make sure that multiple <laughs> runs scored before I say that. But I think the way the Orioles were playing, they could have won this game. Um, let's see. It was really disappointing. Let's see. Ball goes. I'm watching the play now. Yep. Zeno scores and Phillips scored. That's 
two runs. So the Orioles would have won this game, no question, if that was not Ryan Mountcastle in left field. And that's something that Brandon Hyde's got to answer to. And I'm a Brandon Hyde fan. I like manager Hyde. Um, I get that DJ Stewart struggles against lefties, so you don't want him out there. Then you put Santander out there. The, the whole reason Mountcastle was out there is because you wanted Santander and you wanted Mountcastle's bats in the lineup and you wanted Mancini's bat in the lineup. And I understand that. But you can't put Mountcastle in the outfield. It's not working. It, I know every now and then he has a fine game. And that basically is when balls aren't hit to him. But we've seen too many issues this year where we have lost games simply because Ryan Mountcastle's in the outfield. Now, the good thing for the Orioles is, in the end, it doesn't matter. We're not supposed to win this season. We're 22 and 41. The problem is, we could have been 23 and 41. And then, uh, let's just say he cost you a few more games. With, if you stopped putting Mount Castle in the outfield, you could probably be 20. Well, you wouldn't be 23 and 41. You'd be 23 and uh, 40 with today. If you really wanted to stretch it you could see the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about that's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials to participate simply fill up an orange hefty renew bag with accepted items tie it up and drop it in with your regular recycling that's it it's that easy it's time to rethink recycling with renew Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, hey, with my Mountcastle not in the outfield, I bet these Orioles would be 25 and uh, 38. And that's the problem. When you have one guy out of position who can't play the position, it affects the score. It ends the game. It's frustrating. And it puts pressure on Ryan Mountcastle. You don't want that pressure on Ryan Mountcastle. You don't want him mentally having a mental error in the outfield. And then because of that, he's pressing so hard at the plate that he can't get a hit. Like today. Today, you got to walk. No hits. Um, you got to wonder how much mentally that affects him when he makes a play like that. So what do, what do we do? And that's the question for the Orioles. And that's the question we're all going to be talking about for the next month. Because the trade deadline's coming up. You don't want to trade Mountcastle. But if you're going to put Mountcastle at first base every day, maybe you are trading Trey Mancini. So, I don't know. And what do you do about DJ Stewart not hitting lefties? I don't know what you do there. DJ Stewart had plenty of opportunities to prove that he could be the outfielder of the future. He failed. He is not the outfielder of the future. DJ Stewart is currently a placeholder. And we've got better guys that are going to get their chance to come up. Not this year, but next year. All right, let's see what's going on over on the comments. Uh, AJ, so the CBS mock draft has us taking an underslot college outfielder and passing on Kumar Rocker. They also have the Red Sox taking Jack Leader before us. Do you think Elias does this again after Kirstead uh, debacle last year? I don't think Kerstad's a debacle. I think Kerstad is going to be fine. Kerstad had medical issues. The entire world for the past 18 months has had medical issues. 
So let's settle down. Let's life get back to normal. Kerstead will be fine. I'm excited about seeing Kerstead as an Oriole, but I didn't expect it the next year. I didn't expect it for a few years. He will be fine. I'm not concerned about that at all. Um, I'd be surprised if we took an outfielder over uh, Rocker, but I don't know. I think mock drafts are the worst thing out there. There's a reason there's 500 mock drafts. There's not as many in baseball, but there's a reason there's a million mock drafts in the NFL and no one ever gets a perfect mock draft. They're all guessing games. You and I can make a mock draft and it's like playing fantasy football. We can draft and, and guess what? It's not going to work because I don't have all the statistics and stats and everything that Elias has and neither does CBS. Sure, they've got someone that they're paying to make a mock draft, but not because that guy's an expert. That guy doesn't know exactly what's going on. He knows more than me because he's been paid to spend time and do some research, but he's not Michael Elias. Michael Elias is very smart. Um, I know there was a whole lot of hate on Elias the past week, and I don't understand why, except some people, I guess, decided it wasn't moving fast enough. I don't know. I trust Elias. Um, drafting an outfielder would be really weird because we have depth in out in the outfield. We have depth in the middle infield. Um, we've got a catcher of the future. We've got a first baseman of the future. Um, if you want to draft an infielder, I'm okay with that. Cause I think I'm not as confident on some of our infield positions, but rocker's outstanding. I don't think you would skip out on rocker, especially when, what are we all learning watching the Orioles? And the Orioles can score runs. The Orioles can play defense. Why are the Orioles not winning games? It all comes down to the man on the rubber. Pitching is so important in baseball right now that that's where you got to draft. You can fill holes everywhere else. Filling holes on the mound doesn't work. You're either paying for a superstar or you're or you've got homegrown talent. Otherwise, you've got just middle-of-the-road guys that you don't know what you're going to get. And that's not working for the Orioles. And it's not going to work for the future. When this team is good, it's because we're going to have uh, Rushman behind the plate. We're going to have uh, D.L. Hall. And uh, I'm blanking. I'm blanking on our top pitching prospect. But we're going to have homegrown talent on the mound and behind the plate and at many other positions too, but on the mound and it be more than one guy. That's the magic. That's how we get. That's the whole point of the rebuild is that part. And it's fun. Grayson Rodriguez. Thank you, AJ. Grayson Rodriguez is our future ace. And you know what John means? I would love it if he sticks around for the future of this team. Uh, a, you give me, John Means, Grayson Rodriguez, D.L. Hall as our top three. And then I'm, I'm going into those games. You don't even, I don't even care who four or five are at that point. If you're telling me going into three out of five games, I have a chance to win because I have an all-star on the rubber. That's exciting. And that's what this team needs. And that's where we're going to get. That's what 2023 is all about. That's why we have those shirts that say 2023. That's why AJ thinks it's in 2027 because he wants old man Grayson Rodriguez to lead us to victory. Uh, but it's all about that future. And it sucks. 
watching these games. And I, but I also don't know why people complain. It is what we, it is what it is. It's what happens. Uh, I were blessed in Baltimore that the Ravens don't go through this that often. The Ravens organization has not uh, really slumped in a long time. It's been a while. That's not normal. And it's, it's something where I hear people talk about that with the Orioles, that, well, if the Orioles are, uh, it's Peter Angelos' fault, because if Steve Bishotti owned the Orioles, they would be winning every year. It's not as simple as that. It's about the foundation, how things are managed in the warehouse. The castle that the Ravens have and their staff is outstanding. It's one of the best in the NFL. And that is why they're in the conversation every year. The Orioles are getting there. When Elias came, we had one person assigned to analytics. Now we have a full team and staff. When Elias came, we had no presence in the Dominican Republic. We now are opening up a brand new state-of-the-art facility down there. Things are happening. It takes time. Rocker, Bradish, Kevin Smith. Yeah, they're all exciting guys. Bradish is pitching in uh, Jacksonville, like 30 minutes from my home tonight. I just couldn't make it tonight. I was excited. I was tempted. I looked at, uh, I looked at tickets. It was pretty much sold out because they're doing a Hawaiian shirt giveaway. And you guys know how that goes in Baltimore. Apparently, it's just as popular in Jacksonville. So I uh, decided not to go catch that game tonight. But I'm excited. Bradish is exciting. Rocker is exciting. Smith is exciting. The future Orioles are exciting. And let's get ready for that. This game sucks to lose on a one-run game. It sucks because we all know it was because Ryan Mountcastle was in left field, even though he didn't get an error on that play. We all saw it with our eyes. So either way, we get to do it again tomorrow. Either way, we get more than 60 ball games this year. So that's exciting. Tomorrow, we have uh, Zimmerman taking the mound for the Orioles. Another who-knows-what-you-get guy. Very similar to Lopez. I know he's a young guy. He's a Baltimore guy. But come on. He's not one of those guys that we're talking about as far as the future. He's a placeholder. I'd love it if he shows enough that he's not a placeholder. I don't think he would be in the rotation, maybe in the pen, because we're not even mentioning guys yet like Lothar and Aiken that are kind of on that bubble type position. But either way, tomorrow we get to see Zimmerman. Tampa Bay has not announced their pitching staff yet, which means it might be a – they like to do that uh, committee game, piggybacking, where you got a guy in for a couple innings and a guy in for another couple bullpen game. They like to do that. They, we might get to see that tomorrow. Anyway, it's a one ten start at Tropicana Field tomorrow. AJ says, do you think they moved the fences back at Camden Yards in 2023 after the new stadium proposal to lure bigger free agent pitchers here? Uh, no, they do not move the pitchers back in Camden Yards. Camden Yards is perfect. If you move the fences back, um, you're not gonna move. You're not gonna move the the um, flag court. So you're not gonna move right field. Yeah, I guess you could make the others taller, but that's not how you win in the AL East. You win in the AL East by pitching. Bring in pitchers. We don't need free agent pitchers if we have Rocker, Bradish, Smith, 
uh, Grayson Rodriguez, D.L. Hall. If the team's going to win, we've seen winning baseball in Camden Yards. In the 90s, we made it. To, we were in the playoffs in Camden Yards. In 2012, Camden Yards. 2014, Camden Yards. It's not the stadium that's holding back our pitchers. It's crap pitching. <laughs> it's bad pitchers. It may be, and it may have been for many years, our uh, pitching coach, pitching coaches, because uh, we've seen pitchers leave and do better. It could be that you have to face the New York Yankees, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Boston Red Sox, and the Toronto Blue Jays more than any other team. That's going to affect your pitchers. That has nothing to do with the stadium. It's just the hand you're dealt with the division. So, no, Camden Yards is great. Um, whatever they do in 2023 with the next stadium proposal, it's all going to be about uh, better boxes for rich people. It's all going to be about bringing in corporate money. That's what stadium upgrades are for. Since Camden Yards is a baseball field, you can't get any better than that. Little things that they do every year, every couple years, always make Camden Yards better. So I'm sure they could find something little, but nothing that's going to say, hey, we're doing this to attract pitchers. There's no need for that. All right. Tomorrow, Tampa Bay, as the Orioles continue this crazy schedule after having two off days last week. Let's see. I'm pulling it up. Yep. This is the start of our no off days until July 1st. So enjoy the rest of July, rest of June with plenty of games. Tampa Bay tomorrow at one o'clock. Then we head to Cleveland, which is, uh, by the way, based on Camden Yards. So it's a very similar ballpark in style, and it'll be a fun thing to see. We had a lot of fun hosting Cleveland in Baltimore. Cedric Mullins went off against Cleveland. Let's hope he can do that again. But again, one run game. We can't complain too much. Awesome wins, got the Grand Slam. Nice to see him do something at the plate. Let's see what happens tomorrow with Zimmerman and a 1 o'clock game, and we'll see you after that. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.